Support for the WojPod comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. Choose a template you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Want even more from your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or even create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website that you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website, so create yours today. Get started by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X dot com slash Woj, W-O-J, to get 10% off. Hey, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod here in rainy Los Angeles with Utah Jazz forward Joe Ingles. Stay with us. Here in rainy L.A. with Joe Ingles. Joe, nice bus ride over here, huh? It was. I um, actually <laughs> fell asleep. It was uh, kind of like being back in Utah. It was dark and cold, and I had an, obviously a late night last night. With We had a game, and then I had an early morning this morning, a 6 o'clock wake-up to take my son to get um, his allergy testing redone. for. He had it last year, and he's allergic to peanuts. So we had the retest this year, and he's still allergic to peanuts. So... There's no, I had a big game last night, hit a big shot. I'm getting a reprieve on that no. 6 a.m. wake up call. It's not happening. No. In no. your house. I wanted, I wanted to I know, go. You, I know I, you did. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm very, uh, active with my, my children. <laughs> um, so my wife, Renee, actually did sleep in and get up at whatever time and go to practice before we, but it was cool. I, I love doing that kind of stuff and it makes me feel a bit more normal. So yeah, it's raining for like four days straight in LA, I think right in through. Your game on Wednesday it might clear up Thursday, so you'll you'll miss the sun. Perfect. Then we go back to Salt Lake to the snow. <laughs> <laughs> the Chuck Taylors, you got your low cut black Chucks. I had assumed you get them part of your Nike deal, but you the idea of like going on the website and just because like what you guys do right is if you want shoes, you just go in, you log in, you get sent what you want. Yeah, but that's too much work for you, so you just go. Yeah, what do you it's do? basically the same as Nike dot com, except we have a password and a allowance basically and you um click on whatever you want to click on and it comes to your doorstep they don't have chucks on there otherwise i would get them all off there but i've got a friend at nordstrom in salt lake that knows what i wear and i only really wear these i think i wear jazz sweats and black chucks every game so i'm not going to be on that whoever tweets that silly uh nba dress code or whatever it is and they instagram it i'm never going to be on that you're not going to but he sends me like 10 pairs and I just kind of go through them at whatever pace. And then I text him and say, I need a few more. And he sends me another 10. And yeah. the biggest mistake I maybe ever made was, well, maybe among the biggest was like all through childhood, teenage years, probably my twenties, low cut chucks were like 1499. Oh my God. And then they got, and then all of a sudden they became trendy. A lot of money. And they're like 50, 60. And then the high tops are, and I'm like, hundred bucks in Australia. It's yeah. unbelievable. And like, you could have just 
filled your garage with them and then <laughs> sold them, right? When they, but you never thought they were going to be like that's what you use to mow your lawn. Yeah, you use those to mow your lawn because you well, didn't care I've, if you got I've, grass stains I've all over them. I've been to some pretty big events in these. I, don't <laughs> I haven't mowed my lawn, but I've been to these ones are a bit beat up. I'm a very basic guy. Jazz sweats and uh, and chucks. Chucks from Nordstrom's. Nordstrom, yeah. Is that the rack? I should with, get a deal with Nordstrom too. Uh, <laughs> is it the rack too of um, like where it's like all the size twelves, all the thirteens? You, so you just like, fall, if, you fall yeah, right off the, the wall. Box, the lids already <laughs> off, and you can see if someone's tried them on and the, how they've laced them up. And comfiest shoe in the world. I would play on them if I could. I think was it Kelly Ubre so yeah. deal with Converse. Yeah. I'm very happy with Nike, but I wouldn't mind a little Converse off court. You probably just violated your deal by even saying that. No, you probably no. I hate no, uh, Converse. I hate everything. I love, <laughs> but Nike. it's Nike. Converse is Nike. They're they owned do by Nike, own, so it does. Do. You can say it. It's fine. So, like, you wake up today and all the websites. Rachel Nichols show the jump. I look up and there's a banner, and then there's like Pippin and McGrady talking about. <laughs> Is Joe Ingles the best trash talker in basketball? No. I think... I, I don't think so. I think it's a bit... I think you're the most improbable trash talker, <laughs> right? That's really what it is, isn't it? Maybe that. I definitely... I don't know. It's funny that it's even, I guess, become something because I... Someone said... I think it was it was today on the plane. It's been a long day. It was today on the plane. Um, George Niang was sitting opposite me and we were talking. Something came up and... He said the funniest part is that I'm very good at being able to talk to people and, and kind of get people off their game. But for me, it doesn't affect. I can play the same way and talk to everyone in the arena, coach, other team, other players, where it does make me laugh like in my head a little bit when it's happening. But some guys just get so rattled by it. And they're so, and then the rest of the game, they're so worried about me or hitting me or trying to push me or trying to scream me that... It ends up being an advantage for us. So I don't go into a game like tonight we're playing, who are we playing? Clippers tomorrow. Right. I'm going to go to blah, blah, blah and say this or like. It's you a, should I try Patrick Beverly. No. 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 no know, probably I not. No, Patrick. Um, <laughs> no. No chance. Is part of it you think that it gets guys going because they just say, A, I'm not taking that off him. And then B, he said it, and then he went and made a play or made a shot, and he backed it up, and now I'm even more pissed. Because if you weren't playing well, if you weren't making plays, you'd, you'd probably be doing it le- like Yeah, you, if you, I was sitting like, on the bench and yeah, you not getting on at all of, or getting some yelling minutes from, here and there, I'm yeah. not going to be – definitely not going to be – obviously the fact that I'm on the court a, a fair amount of the game yeah. does put me in a lot of situations. I see a lot of things. I get to be involved in a lot of things. I hear, I hear a lot. Of, I hear a lot of things. I'm not always the first one to start start talking. I do hear a lot, and I am always going to have my teammates' backs. And last night, with the blowing of the kiss to our, I think it was end up being a Lakers fan. They said, but Detroit. He was cheering for Detroit in the game. It turned out he to was, be a Lakers. <laughs> yeah, he had a Lakers lanyard on during the during our game, which was Detroit versus, which is just bizarre. But he. The last, I think it was majority of the last quarter, was talking to Donovan. Donovan missed a couple of shots, missed a few free throws, whatever it was, and basically he, he kind of started it with Donovan. And then it just happened that the last possession, I was literally like me to you away, and it was, um, and it was him, and it just things just happened, I guess. That's escalated <laughs> into a kiss. Yeah, it looked, it looked pretty good. I haven't, 
It was very. It um, looked. Yeah, it was very. It looked like you like practiced read, it. Yeah, I you maybe practiced it. it. I do. My my daughter blows me kisses on Facetime and stuff. Right. So that's the only. So there's been some. Yeah. It's not the, so it's her fault. <laughs> but you, you know, I think people saw the Blake. That the camera caught you. Or the the lip readers of the world caught you calling him a flopper. Yeah. Apparently, he definitely flopped on that. Yeah. I'm not that. that. That dude's huge. Blake's like I don't even know what he is. Two sixty, whatever. Six ten. I'm. 220 and he's like the fine and got muscles popping out of every part of his body and there's no way i'm going to make him fall like that (laughs) so was there a point in your nba career where like you felt you had secure enough footing where you said i can say something or does it just naturally come out like was there a point you said i've done enough like i'm a player i'm going to be here I'm not going to hesitate to say something, or did you just always say stuff? Yeah, I think I've always talked on court and off court. <laughs> um, it's not something that is is tough for me, I guess. I can hold a conversation with anyone. I can talk to anyone. I can have a joke with anyone. But I definitely, like, I, I, if you went back in my first couple of years playing over here, I definitely wouldn't have been blowing kisses to people because I think I shot like 8% my first year too. Um, and it's not so, and it's definitely not, I definitely don't think um, I signed my deal or the, the playoff runs we've had or whatever it was. I haven't been sitting at home like, all right, now I feel like I can mm-hmm. say something. It just, you just kind of get in the flow of the game and every game's different, especially for me, every game's different and some games I'm doing something, some games I'm doing something completely different, guarding someone, not guarding. So it's, it's always been so different for me and just get kind of caught up in the heat of the game. And um, that's why I think I still think like the whole Paul George thing is hilarious to me because it's there's no like, all right, game one, we're playing Paul. I'm, I need to get under his skin. It just, like, it just kind of happened throughout the series that a few things but happened. That we was the tank- top of your shit-talking game, though. And then Like, it, you elevated it. Well, I think it, I think it just got, like, the first game, a couple of things happened, second game. And obviously, you can tell when someone's starting to get a little frustrated. And I, obviously, we're not playing a team once and not seeing them for two months. We're playing these guys potentially seven times in ten days, two weeks, whatever it is. So... But it's still like, I still find it funny because it wasn't anything planned. It just kind of like, as it built up and then obviously you hear things and I was getting asked about it in, in my media, um, availabilities and it was just like, it became this like way, like way more blown out of proportion than I ever thought me playing in the NBA would even ever get to. <laughs> like it just didn't. So I don't know. I just, I find it quite funny. You said so like your ability to talk to everybody which you can like i see you talk to fans i know you walk through the jazz facility you're talking to everybody the like you know like have you always been that guy yeah i think i just and it's not like i want to be treated the same way as i treat like it's just i don't know i just i mean kind of like in general you see someone and you say I, i wouldn't really i wouldn't really talk to like games and stuff are different fans, especially a game. They're, they're cheering for you. They're calling your name out. I wouldn't walk down the street and just like say hi to the, yeah. the random guy walking by me. But everyone in our facility, when I, I try and walk past them or, or walk past someone, I, I try and say hello or, or make eye or give them a wave or something. I think just being general, like just a bit of courtesy, but nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I have more than 
I would have probably thought. I think over the last like five, ten years when you grow up a bit and you um, have some life experiences and you just, I don't know, it's just, I guess it's just normal to me really. Is part of it too, you never expected this. You dreamed no. it. You dreamed of having a career here that you sort of treat every day like, I'm going to have fun with this today. Cause this is, you, you still sometimes feel like it's a little found money for you, right? It, yeah. I, I still, to this day, and, and obviously I feel very comfortable in the NBA with the Jazz. Uh, I feel safe. I feel um, all of those things with, with the organization. But I still, like, I'm walking into, like, I, I think the best facility and practice facility in the league um, every day. And I was walking into, like, a old high school or whatever it was in Europe that we were training and bringing my own bag of gear, washing it at home. Like, it's just... We're very lucky over here, but I just, I didn't think, and after getting cut by the Clippers and all that story, I just didn't think I would have another chance. So I do, I do enjoy it. I love what I do. And as much as I am comfortable and I, I, I know my role with my team and the organization, I, I am still very thankful and I walk, walk in every day like that. And that's why I have, like you said, I have fun on the court. I have fun with my teammates off the court. I think most of the guys within our organization would say I try and make most of our events or just try and make it fun. Like you said, I, I didn't know if I'd be here a year or half the year or now going on five, six years. Today's episode of the Woj Pod is brought to you by 23andMe. We now live in a world where we have access to data that gives us more personal insights on who we are from how well we sleep to how many steps we take per day. Shouldn't our health resolutions be customized too? 23andMe allows you to go beyond ancestry to access more personalized insights based on your DNA from your health predispositions to your lifestyle choices. With 23andMe Health plus Ancestry Kit, you can get over 125 reports on your health traits, ancestry, and more. What will your DNA help to discover about yourself? Buy your 23andMe Health Plus Ancestry Kit today at 23andMe.com slash Woj. That's the number 23andMe.com slash Woj. Again, that's 23andMe.com slash Woj. Was there a point for you where, like, you sensed your opponents starting to treat you differently because i'm sure when you first showed up like you you know you don't look the part to people some people just you i thought i looked good today i know you look yeah yeah but like you know like and maybe that and part of it like i think fans see hey that's me out there like that looks that's me playing at the <laughs> like, y now they think that now that they, they're not but that's like a, a right? very regular twitter people mention, i'm sure everybody thinks they can beat you one like yeah there's a lot of guys i'll like, beat you oh, one. yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd bust your ass if you were at the salt right. lake community center yeah like <laughs> Like, I know I don't look like, like, but come on, like, let's but be I real. But I did just like, score 25 yeah, on the like, Thunder yesterday. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. it's not, I get what you're saying. Like, <laughs> I don't look, I've got receding hairline, I'm slow, and I'm probably not, like, the most jacked up with abs and all that, but I'm still going to beat you one-on-one. Like, <laughs> let's be real. Like, let's just, like, settle down. Like, Twitter's great because people can say whatever they want and they can feel like they're the biggest hero or they can just be a great fan or whatever, but... Like, just settle down, really. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. When did you feel like 
the guys across the way from me in this league. Like I, I've earned respect in this league. I think only, only really the, the kind of the last couple of years. I think my first couple of years, oh, I still remember, and I've told this story before about when I was on the court my first couple of years, every time we would switch like one through three or one through four pick and rolls, it was like they would look at me and like back up and be like, kind of like wave their hand to clear everyone out. And I was like, I'm going one-on-one. And it was right. literally like every possession. I was like, all right, this is just stupid. Like, this is, <laughs> it's five on five. Like, let's, let's play basketball. We're not like, this isn't like some street ball one-on-one tournament. Um, and that was a part of me, like sitting down with coach Q and just being like, what do I need to do to stay on the court? And it was obviously defensively do what I need to do and, and help the team offensively and finding ways defensively to, to control my man and, um, stay in front of him. And I, and I was able to do that. And then, I think the last couple of years, I think, and, and I've noticed it more offensively than defensively with, um, the first few years, I, I would get a ton of wide open shots. I would get pick and roll. They would go under every time. And it was like kind of difficult because when, when teams keep going under, it's, it's harder than you think. And, um, last year I, I didn't get as many open looks. I felt like someone was always really close to me. Um, so I figured out like I was able to, to penetrate more and, and people were going over on all my pick and roll. So it's like, I can get down the lane. Now I've got to work out how to finish and do all that. And then, and this year, even I feel like it's been even more, I, I there's been games where like I've had someone touching me. I like, and we do it with, with the warriors, the, the way we play them. And it's like, I, I know why Steph and these guys get frustrated because <laughs> it's really annoying. Like it, yeah. and, and it is taking me out. It's taking me, whatever we've played now, 40 some games to really kind of figure out how I can still be effective offensively without having so much space and time. And there was teams this year, they, they top block me on every pick and roll and every pin down. Um, whenever I'm in that one corner, they, they sit right on right. top of me and don't let me use yep. it at all. So, um, I think the last couple of years has been more eye opening and, and it's made, uh, it's obviously made me better too, because I've had to, to look at different ways to get open and, be effective playing through all the content. It makes you, I've told a lot of people this back home. It makes you respect those superstars that the amount of pressure and defensive pressure and stuff they get. And they're still able to like what, like what James Harden does are these guys scoring 40, 50 points a night. It's, before I came over here, I was like, well, yeah, he has the ball and he shoots 35 shots. Of course. But when you, get in and the physical and the, the what teams do defensively it's it's really impressive so it's it's definitely opened my eyes to um obviously how good some some talented players are but but also different ways for me to get open and, and still be effective joe how much do you think about how much circumstance impacted your career the success you've had when you think of the opportunity that came you got cut by the clippers and, and you get signed by the jazz and when you came in, the group you're playing with, the coach you're playing for, the organization, all the factors that allowed you to get the opportunity and then take advantage and then be given, you sort of you earn more opportunity. And then you become, you know, a player who signs a contract, you know, four year, 50 million plus that you would not have imagined probably. I think your first offer to pro basketball was about $12,000 when you were 17, yeah, right? Two years, yeah. 24. But do you think sometimes if I had just, Mark Bartlestein called me and said, Hey, we got an offer to go to, I don't know, name 10 other teams. Yeah. I could have just been out of the league. Easily. Yeah. And I still, um, the year I finished in Barcelona was a free agent. I had an offer from Memphis and I still, I had a, 
a two-year with the first year guaranteed. I think the second year was a, a team option. And Mark was like, no, nah, you're not having a team option. It's not having – and that was really the only reason I didn't end up going there was because of the, the team option thing, which if I had pushed him more or – Maybe they'd sign me to offer to one year. Like who knows what it could have been. If I'd if I'd gone there, that might have been my one opportunity, and I might, like you said, I might have played great. Who knows? I might have played horrible and and been back in Europe. And um, I think like a, a lot of credit does go to Mark for that for trying to figure out the right. Like my, my the style that had to get me over here, the style I'd played for my whole life is is very unique. I think and there wasn't 30 teams chasing after me. <laughs> there was really one, really. Um, I went to the Clippers. I still think I should have made that team. Jared Cunningham is the player, right, they kept over you? Yeah, it was me and him. They only brought me and him into training camp, so it was me or him. Um, they chose him. Um, oh, I still think what I – and obviously it looks a bit silly in now kind of thing, I guess, because of the, the way I'm playing and the way right. I feel like I could have helped that team – but I wasn't the player I am today back then either. So, right. um, but again, it's, it's all worked out unreal for me. And when I got the call, um, from Mark about the jazz, I did know Q a little bit from being in Europe and Europe. just, he, he was in Cheska when I was in Barcelona. Um, and in my head and in Mark's head, I think knowing he had been there and understanding European basketball and, um, that different style, I, I, uh, we we thought it would be a, a really good fit, and um, I, I couldn't have asked for anything better, to be honest. What's the benefit for you to have a coach, Quinn Snyder? And it's funny, Quinn was really interesting. Cause I remember talking to him before he left. I mean, he took a big chance. He was with the Lakers. Yeah. Right? He was with the Lakers and left. Edere Messina was on the staff, too, and he went to be his assistant in Cheska in, in Russia. And I remember the last thing Quinn said to me. I think he sent me a text or an email like the day he was leaving. Sort of like, hey, don't forget about me. Meaning like, yeah. I don't want to just go disappear there. And he was joking, but it was a risk for him. But he was so determined to broaden his coaching experiences, his mind to be really – he got a college head coaching job at a really young age. And he looks yeah. back and says, I don't know how prepared I was, yeah. but I'm going to be prepared when I become an NBA head coach. And he really does point to that time over there. Like, what do you think it does for a coach who goes here to there – sort of opening his mind, seeing the game differently? I think even f for players. I think um, me and Epe Udo talk about it all the time. Like he wasn't he, – he didn't want to ever go and play in front of Archer. He wouldn't have grown – he didn't grow up wanting to play for yeah. a team in it Turkey. It was a lottery pick. Yeah. Yeah, he was – we were we – were, I played summer league with him actually before he, he didn't end up playing because he broke his hand, but we were on that same – so I was there when he first got drafted and – um you don't ever plan on, especially Americans, I think more the American kids growing up, they, they want to play in the NBA. But for him, it was one of the best things he did, he said. He, he got to play. He kind of got his his rhythm and mojo back of who, who Epe was um, at Baylor and came back and, and I think obviously we signed him and he, he's been unreal for us when he's had his opportunities when Rudy and Favors have been injured. And um, I think that's the same as... as as coach, he he knew he and it's funny because he does it with everything. Like he, if he wants to learn about something, he's like OCD. Yeah, like I'm going to learn and I'm going to know inside and out. Like, 
and if I have to pass a test, I'm going to ace the test. Like it's just, it's unreal. And, and he, he does it with all the players, guys from different countries, different, he, he comes in and talks about the history of other countries of other, like it's, it's unreal. And I think that's obviously just who he is, but, um, he obviously thought f- for him, like you said, he had the, the college coach young, um, the head job yeah. there. Um, and he'd done so much, but I think coaching in Europe is probably the only thing he hadn't done. He, he probably figured, especially with Messina, who, who he knew well, um, why not go over there and, and make himself even better? You get put in an uncomfortable situation, um, which we all, a lot of the players do over there too, and you, you have to to figure it out. Otherwise, you, you probably won't end up back over here. And, and obviously he did. He did what he had to do. He, he came back. I think he went to Atlanta after yep. that or whatever, yep. and then... And then became think, think of that staff down there: Mike Budenholzer with Quinn Snyder, yeah. Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, that was a really good staff. And that yeah. team, you know, Kyle Corver was yeah. on, right? He yeah. was Kyle, Murray, Kyle was there Kyle. then. Murray, yeah, yeah. Today's episode of the Woj Pod is brought to you by Tommy John. Listen up: life is way too short to spend a single moment of it being uncomfortable. So when it comes to something you wear every day, your underwear. Why settle for anything less than Tommy John? Tommy John has the most comfortable men's and women's underwear on the planet, keeping men neat and nestled and women panty line free. Both their men's and women's underwear sport a no wedgie guarantee. I wish I had a no wedgie guarantee growing up, but I'll get one with Tommy John. Comfortable stay put waistbands and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft and designed to move with you not against you. That means there's no bunching and no writing up. Plus, Tommy John has a life-changing women's line, luxurious, hibernation-approved loungewear for men and women. And their latest innovation, the first-ever stay-tucked dress shirt for men. Tommy John is so confident in their underwear that if you don't love your first pair, you can get a full refund with their best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. So what have you got to lose? Before you spend another dime on multi-pack underwear, remember there's a better way to stay comfortable. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash WojNow for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Woj for 20% off. That's TommyJohn.com. The Jazz, like you kind of talked about it, like you wouldn't have fit everywhere and you're in a lot of ways an unorthodox player there's not many like you i don't know if there's any we think of comparables but the jazz are in in a lot of ways it's an unorthodox team like it's built differently and yet but it works right like it does (laughs) and to have a coach in quinn who is an ex who has this vast mind and imagination and creativity and a front office and dennis Lindsay and it's been built differently. It has. Right? And obviously, I I don't know how it was before I got there, but me and Coach came at the same time. Um, so I saw basically the change from kind of the day he got there and what he was trying to do. Um, and it wasn't going to be overnight success. He, he told the players, oh, I still remember in, in meetings that we would, um, in practice, sorry, we were practicing like crazy the day before the game. The day of the game, shoot-arounds were so long and it was – not that we weren't trying to win every game, but there was a process behind trying to get good habits and, and trying to be um, 
obviously good individual players, but then all, I mean, bringing it all together as a group. And um, like you said, his mind um, to put every player that we've in the five years I've been here, every player that has been within our team has their own kind of like little package of like, I've got my own little package of, of sets and he, he makes everyone feel so comfortable in whatever we're running because um, it's kind of designated for you. I'm going to be on whatever it is. If it's a pick and roll, he's going to make sure I can come back to my left hand and people know I want to go left and, and we still manage to figure out ways for me to get left. Um, so it's just been something that he's, he's under, he's a bit, I've, only probably recently, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, he's the best coach I've ever had. Um, not only for me personally, but but just being around a team, um, the confidence he gives guys one through fifteen um, is something I've never seen in in a coach. And I've had good coaches. Don't get me wrong; I've I wouldn't ever bag one of my coaches because I've I've liked all of them in different you, ways. You played for David Blatt with Maccabi for a year. Yeah, I said Quinn Snyder was the best coach I've ever had. Um, I was just listing some others you had. <laughs> um, I have Brett Brown's also as he's on yeah. TV in the background. He's uh, he's also right up there. He was one of the ones that really got me playing to where I thought I could actually help a team instead of just being on a roster. So that was the first time I ever saw you play. Was a weight Olympics, right? Yeah, I went Beijing. Beijing, yeah. I didn't play too much. I played in the last game. The last game you got in it at the end against the U.S. And um, you had a great garbage C- time fourth quarter yeah, against did. them, didn't you? Eleven points, four for four from the field. CP was talking a bunch of smack to me. Um, <laughs> I was like, "Dude, I'm 19 years old and <laughs> haven't played all time. I'm just happy to be out here." And he was like, "You guys suck." I'm like, all right, Chris. <laughs> Which was funny because then I ended up being team or kind of teammates with him a little bit later, and still talk to him now. So. <laughs> He's one of the great trash talk. Like he's up yeah, there. he's he's aggressive though. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> I don't think I'm that. He, he's aggressive, but yeah. he definitely doesn't stop talking. Well, there's few competitors like him. That Olympic at that time too. 08 in the Olympics, and I remember still one of the great things I've ever seen in sports was Yao Ming, the first game against the U.S. He was literally dragging that leg up and down the court. He yeah. shouldn't have been playing. I I did a pod with him. A couple of years ago, and we talked about that. And I mean, he had broken; he had one of his fractures. There's no way he should have been back that soon. But he felt such a, I got to carry that flag into the stadium. It was this burden, yeah. and I've got to be out on the court and play. And Especially in in China, he yeah. just felt like he had to. And he, I remember, he hit like a top of the key or eight, you know, like a 17, 18 foot jumper right at the top. But I don't think I've ever heard a crowd. And American players, like the USA players, like appreciated what he was doing and think, uh, listen, he made a lot of people, a lot of money. He opened up the doors there yeah. for everyone to do sneaker deals. But, but that Olympics was interesting. Cause that was, you know, obviously, you know, Kobe was back there, LeBron, yeah. like, I think you would not like it's changed and you played them since then. There, yeah. I think there was some fear playing against them that was there in those games. Cause of that team, it was a hungry team. Yeah. But by the time you played them again, you guys are competing with them. And it, it was, it's and been think, different the last couple. I Olympics. think as well, a part of that, especially for our team, I can't speak for other national teams, but ours is also the fact that in, when we were in Beijing, we had Bogut. I think it was only maybe Patty had just cracked the NBA, Patty Mills. No, he was still at college in Beijing, I'm pretty sure. I think we only had Boga as an NBA player. Yeah. Maybe Patty was at St. Mary's. Patty was at St. Mary's still. Um, I was playing in the NBL. Like, we were majority NBL players. 
a couple of Europeans and Bogan and maybe someone else from the NBA. Um, where now we've got, like, if you look at our team coming up now, we've got eight, nine, ten guys that are going to be playing in the NBA. And I think for us, a, a part of that back in, like, I'm 20 years old in Beijing. I, hell yeah, I'm scared of Kobe and LeBron. <laughs> like, I've never seen yeah. these guys in person before. And now, um, not that that, um, it obviously, it, it doesn't change the fact, but the, the fact that we played against them daily now and weekly and we, um, get to challenge ourselves against different players and, and obviously a lot of the guys that will end up playing and, um, you, you, you beat their teams, you beat them in a playoff series, individual, you, you have a good performance against. So you, you feel that confidence. And I think for us, we've got eight, nine, 10 NBA players. It's like, well, this is normal to yeah, us now. Where right. back then it was like, it was so foreign apart from, from maybe Boga, whoever that was over here that now you go out there and it's like, well, we do this eight months a year. Right. This is normal. And, and I think for our team, that's, that's been huge for the, for the confidence of our team to just be like, well, this is what we do and we, we feel like we can compete with them. It would be nice to get Ben Simmons to play on that team, right? Yeah. It would be nice. We've, yeah. Ben, Dante, um, mm-hmm. hasn't really played Jonah Bolden. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll be, but obviously Ben's a, would be a huge, um, inclusion if he, if he decides to play. When you signed your extension, Joe, it was right before free agency. It was early. I should say. It was before Gordon Hayward made his decision. Yeah. And you and Gordon share an agent and but you didn't know what he was gonna do. No. You kept asking me and I'm like, You're his friend, you're asking me, I don't I don't know, right? I was and yeah, so, trying to get any inside possible yeah. and But you you did your extension and the thought was, you know, you're hopeful he would stay and then you were gonna build and Donovan Mitchell had just been drafted. Yeah. I think everybody hoped he was gonna be really good. I still don't think at that time anybody imagined like what was gonna come so quickly. Yeah. When Gordon left and went to Boston and there was a natural, just sort of like it was deflating. It was yeah. deflating yeah. because you you were about to make a case. You were going, and I know that the case that Dennis Lindsay and Quinn were trying to make to him in those meetings were: we have the team, we're going to be the team that eventually upends Golden State. I mean, we're not probably good enough this year, next year, but we look at the age of our players. We think Donovan's really, really good. That's why we moved up to get him. Yeah, and all that gets pulled away. And what was it like the beginning? When you sort of like July fourth, July fifth, and you're like, you know, it's not all gone, but it was. This isn't what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, and I think it was, I think it was a bit of unknown because Quinn had only ever coached um, Gordon as his his main guy for for the three years or whatever it was. Um, so I think a lot of it was just kind of like a, a bit of unknown of what what do we what do we do how what like. He was the guy shooting twenty shots a game for us, and and was an all star and and all that. So for us, it was a little bit like, well, all right, well, where where do we where do we go? What do we what, what's our identity? I guess. And um, I think for us, it was always defensively, but offensively, it was like this is our main guy. He was we were throwing the ball to him every possession. Um, and I think what they did, they were able to bring um, Jonas Tarbo um, and pick up some pieces I guess that that fitted our our team and the way we played and then got to practice and it was like all right well at that time they'd kind of given the keys to to Hoodie and Hoodie was going to be um our guy and and we've obviously got Donovan who would who would come in and 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 hopefully make an impact for like you said what what they believed he could do um but was still unknown and then kind of like 
click your fingers and Donovan's starting and we've we've traded Rodney and um, Donovan's started off kind of slow, but you could see what he was, was able to do on the court. And um, by Christmas, whatever it was, January, it was like, well, this, this kid's a, a superstar. He's going to, he's going to be an all-star and, and whatever else he's going to do in the league. Um, and then I think it pretty early on clicked to like, and, and we could see it in, in a bit of preseason training camp. And then obviously early on, um, like this, this kid's, he's going to be it. Like it's, and you had to convince him of that a little bit, right? There was a lot of, and he talks a lot about that, about the veterans saying to him, take the ball and go. Stop deferring to us. You're the guy. Yeah, and I think, like, as you would know, there's not many teams that rookies get the keys eight games into the season, like whatever it was early on into the season. And uh, I think he's such a good, quiet, humble kid that, like, be aggressive, great, like, no, no, like you were open or you were like, we're like, no, like shoot the ball. Like someone has to take 20 shots and that's you. And we trust you. We believe in you. Um, and it did take, I think him time to be like, all right, well, like he, he always talks like he wasn't even that good at college. He right. always used to say, like, right. which I find hilarious. I never watched him at college, but like, I'm like, how do you, what do you mean? Like you're doing this against the best defenders in the world. You, there's no way you're not doing that against like, I don't want to badmouth any college, yeah. whatever college teams yeah. you played against. Like, there's no way. Um, and yeah, it, it took time, I think, for him to believe in himself. He he knew from the inside that we all had his back and wanted him to be aggressive. And um, obviously, after a few months, we we kind of figured out who who we were going to be and how we were going to play, and um, it, it worked for us, and it's still working for us. Today's episode of the Woj Pod is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know what's smart? Kicking off 2019 by planning out which roles your business needs to hire for. You know what else is smart? Starting the new year off by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj to hire the right people. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj. If you love the Woj pod, show your support for it and ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-J. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This year when you guys struggled early, you know, partly you've had a, a really difficult schedule. You have this opening night where you guys take the Warriors to, you know, you lose at the buzzer. and, and Jonas. Yeah, yeah, Jonas of all people, right? You know, Jonas Derebko tipping at the buzzer. But like, I think everybody walked out of the arena that night going, wow, the Jazz, like they're picking right back up from where they were. And as it turned out, you were not picking back up. It became a struggle to sort of get your yeah. traction back on your – Yeah, you know. and I think that was our first – we beat Sacramento by 20 right. in the first game in right. Sacramento. And obviously, they were yeah going to be a lot better yeah. than what they were. So it was a, a good win and then – yeah, we, we lose on the buzzer to, 
to, to the Warriors. So you, like, you feel, I think from the outside, they felt like it was like, like we're back, like we're going to win 60 games and it's just going to be easy and we're just going to do what we did. And, um, I've said this a bunch, like, it's funny that how quickly people forget, like, Sacramento were what we were five years ago. A lot of young guys, they've stuck together, they've worked hard, they've put some veterans there, they've got a good coach, and they've built their program into what it is now. It's a, a really good young team. They're, they're going to still have some ups and downs, but they're, they're on the way up. Um, and, and all it takes is, is one other piece or some more development, whatever it is. And, um, for us, it was, yeah, we just couldn't, we couldn't get in a rhythm. We would play, great in a game and then we would play horrible and uh like the the dallas game still stands out we we lost by 50 to dallas in, in dallas and um we just couldn't we we weren't the team obviously who we wanted to be but we we just couldn't find that rhythm of um uh, that chemistry yeah like it just didn't feel the same it, it guys had no different intentions no one was playing differently no one was being selfish it just didn't and I think a part of that too is other teams, like we went to the second round, like other teams were targeting us. We, yeah. we weren't the Jazz of four years ago where it was not that it was a walkover, but teams thought they could, would, would come in. We'd always play hard and we'd always compete, but we, we were losing a lot of games. Um, so we had, we've had a target on our back the last couple of years. And I think just all of that, I think Donovan has, has took him time to, like you're number one on the scouting report now. People were figuring you out last year. Um, now you're like they are. It's like Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. That's you see it on TV. You see it. Other other teams are thinking it. And so we've all we've all worked um, extremely hard behind the scenes to get this back to to obviously we're we're just above 500 now, but um, back on track where we we feel like how we should be playing. And the West now is. You keep waiting for Golden State to just run off their 10 in a row, 11, yeah. 12, and create distance. And that maybe they still will, but they haven't yet. And Denver's there and at the clock, and all of a sudden,